the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Hey, Fire Within Nation. Has this ever happened to you? You go online to find a quick recipe for mashed potatoes, but first you have to hear about Grandfather's Farm in 1929. When I was a boy. The first time you had a potato, and like six and a half chapters later, you get to the ingredient list. Tasted like dirt. Drives me nuts. So me and Joe have worked to solve that issue for you. If you head to firewithinnf.com and check out the recipe section, healthy recipes, following the Fire Within way. And it's just the recipe, no blog, you're welcome. You'll find recipes like steak chimichurri. There's a bananas foster smoothie recipe. There's a sourdough French toast. Lots of healthy things. Make your own ranch dip and, and tons more. So head to firewithinnf.com. Check out the recipe section and enjoy. Welcome Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within podcast where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Lynn Cherry, and she's a pickleball fanatic. And I've never played pickleball, so I'm excited to learn more. She learned about the sport in 2018 and now interviews the game's best on the Pickleball Fire podcast. So check out her podcast as well. While it may seem strange to start a website on pickleball after playing for less than a year, she's always enjoyed sports. In fact, she loves sports so much, she studied them in college, received two graduate degrees related to them. One was a master's degree in physical education, and the second was a PhD in sports psychology. So, so welcome, Lynn. It's great to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, how you came to the sport of pickleball. And you could even talk a little bit about going through your sports degrees and things like that. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with pickleball, since I think that's probably the main subject. I had actually never heard of pickleball until 2018, so about three and a half years ago now. And I was living in Texas for 25 years. I moved out to Connecticut to be with family and moving from Texas and having grown up in Southern California, I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to be doing in Connecticut in the snowy winter? And so I looked at the local rec department and I saw something called pickleball. So, of course, I had to Google it and figure out what it was because I knew it was a sport of some kind. And I looked at it on video and I thought, I can do that because I, I did have a pretty good background in sports. I played many years as an open racquetball player, played college basketball and volleyball, and was something too that I thought I could do because I had bad knees, tore my ACL. And yeah, I took a look at it and I went to the local rec center just to go see what it was like. And as soon as I poked my head in the door, somebody came and said, hey, do you want to play? And I'm like, oh no, I don't have a paddle or anything. So they're like, oh, that's fine. We've got extra paddles. So they put one in my hand and I played for about five, 10 minutes. And I immediately afterwards went to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought a paddle. Wow. Now, how long do you have to ferment the ball in vinegar? And is it like dill seasoning? Uh, do you know how it got the title pickleball? Yeah, there's kind of two competing stories within the pickleball world in terms of how the game got its name. Now, I should mention that the game is actually fairly old. It was invented in 1965, and there was a couple families getting together with kids, 
and they were looking to have some fun. I guess they were planning on playing badminton. And, and then as it turned out, they did not have a shuttlecock. So they're like, we've got some ping pong paddles, but... I was hoping you were um, going to say pickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they probably did. I, I think they were having a, a picnic, so they probably had some pickles too. You can't have a worse but, name uh, for a, a sport thing than a shuttlecock, though. It, it has nothing to do with it. It's like a weird, it's a weird all around. Culturally, I don't know, maybe it means something different. That's funny. But yeah, so anyways, there's a, a couple competing stories. One of them w- said that the game was named after the inventor's dog because they love to go and chase down the wiffle ball, which essentially is what a pickleball is when you play the game and so the dog liked to chase it and and go run away with it and it was actually the dog's name was pickles so that's (laughs) one version of the story and the second version of the story is that one of the women used to be a rower but i guess in rowing sometimes if you're not so good you're not in that first boat or the main boat and so they called the boat where kind of everybody else is is the pickle boat. Pick and choose could have been some of both in terms of how the name came about, but it it is interesting. A lot of people hesitate at first to play the sport because they're like, why would I play something called pickleball? Yeah. Yeah, I've been baffled for a long time about the name, but I'm curious. Pickleball was explained to me the first time I heard about it. It's like table tennis, but you stand on the table. So I was like, oh, I get that. That's cool. That sounds fun. And I also noticed that people, once they start playing, they seem to get very addicted to it very quickly. So that lines up with your story. I played once and then I'm straight to Dick's to buy my own stuff. But it seems to me like, and I'm just wondering, is this like the kind of thing where it's super easy to get into, but very difficult to become excellent at, like bass guitar? Like everybody can play bass, <laughs> but it's really tough to be an excellent bassist. You are absolutely right. I think that's the appeal of the game is that it is very easy to learn. Even if you have no racket sport background, no athletic background, most people can get right there and hit the ball over the net. So you can immediately start to play the game and have fun. And in terms of mastery of the game, what's really interesting is that the game is really still developing because at a there's a couple professional tours now in pickleball, which ironically started during COVID, the start of COVID in, in 2020. And even watching the pros now, it's on ESPN and everywhere else. They are developing their game. They're trying new things. They're putting more spin on the ball. They're doing more interesting thing with serves. So there is so much to master that I don't know if anybody ever will master the game. Now, you mentioned that you got into it while injured after the ACL tear. What is it about pickleball that allows an injured person to enjoy it? I think the main thing is that the court is roughly half the size of a tennis court. So it's about 20 feet by 40 feet. Actually, 20 by 44. And the similar in size to a racquetball court. And mostly with pickleball, most people do play doubles. I would say 95% of the game, you'll see doubles. And that's even at the pro level. A lot of the pros don't actually like to play singles because it's such hard work. But I think that's what lends itself to being able to play pickleball regardless of your age is the smaller court and it just isn't so hard on your body also because the paddle is lightweight. It weighs about eight ounces. And so it doesn't really take a lot to be able to hit the ball. Now, granted, you can hit the ball very hard and there'll be a lot of what we call fast hands rallies 
when you're near the net, but it's just a much easier on your body than really any other sport I've done. Yeah. Lynn is, oh, sorry. I turned myself. Lynn, is this a myth? I've, I feel like every time somebody mentions people playing pickleball, they're like, that's an old person sport. Is it an old person sport? Oh, no longer. <laughs> I, I think that it had that reputation because for whatever reason, that was the initial group that attracted the game and it got really popular in snowbird type areas, Florida, Arizona. Like I said, you know, three and a half years ago in Texas, I had never heard of it. But that is so changing. Nowadays, when I show up to the pickleball court, I'll be playing with high school kids. In fact, I was in Arizona and I played with two different father-son combinations. And one of the guys was like a really good varsity tennis player. And he's, oh, I just wish that pickleball was in high schools. And I said, yeah, it probably won't be by the time you graduate because I think he was a sophomore but I said, the great thing is that it will be soon and there'll be kids getting athletic scholarships for pickleball. And in the ranking is a lot like tennis from what we saw from your website, right? Like it's a point system, like the, a really excellent pickleball player is like a 5.0. Is that right? Yes. Actually, the pros now go up to 6.0. They had to make um, up new but, rules. They're like, these guys are just too good. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. And, and who knows, maybe they're going to go up to 7, 8, 9 and, 9, and 10. Like I said, the game is just evolving. I think some of the reason it may have that reputation as a senior game is there's something called dinking and pickleball where you're hitting the ball very softly to each other. And, and the reason for that is you're really trying to get your opponent to hit the ball high. So if the ball is hit high, it's you have a much better offensive opportunity to hopefully end the point or at least take control of the rally. So I think that's some of the reason why it may be classified as an old person's game. But I'll tell you, I was playing at the YMCA about a month or so ago, and all the high school kids came in because they had a day off school and we had a gym full of seniors, and then we had a gym full of high school players, and we were teaching them how to play, and uh, some of them really liked it, and they came back the rest of the week, because I think they might have had the week off, so it is just changing so much. But I'll tell you, we had some rallies, and it was four of us old people, but pretty good players, and there was a lot of intensity, and you could just see the kids looking at just being surprised at the shots we could get back and how hard we're able to hit the ball. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast. Oh, yeah. The podcast was actually something that I definitely started out of the pandemic. I had the Pickleball Fire website and just trying to provide information to players on varying aspects. And it was back in October 2020 when I was stuck in the house during lockdown. It was getting cold in Connecticut. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do since I can't play pickleball? So the obvious thing, of course, was to uh, start a podcast. And that was something I felt pretty comfortable doing because I had uh, actually did have a bachelor's degree in journalism, did a lot of writing for local and national newspapers and magazines. So I was used to interviewing people, although I hadn't done it in a long time. So I thought it's probably a pretty good fit with my skill set. And what I try and do is on Mondays, I typically will interview a professional or a a high-level instructor, talk about strategic elements of the game and, and different tips. And then on Thursdays, I'll interview just other people in the industry because the game is exploding. It really is on fire, so hence the name Pickleball Fire. I had so much content from the podcast. I started a Pickleball Fire. I started the Pickleball Fire magazine, 
in uh, January 2021. So it's a magazine that really, if people don't, not everybody listens to podcasts, although I know, of course, all of us do who are listening here. But <laughs> yeah, yeah some, listening some... to this listens to podcasts. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Happy uh, one year you know, on the magazine. Yeah, That's awesome. Congrats. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite a ride. And uh, just having that written content has been great just to even attract more people to to pick a ball, really. Now, I want to go just a little off topic. I didn't know sports psychology was a, a thing. Can you tell me what that is? I'm fascinated. That's That sounds interesting. Yeah, anytime, really, anything in life and certainly in a sport, there's always that physical component. And typically when you've got a coach, especially when you're learning sports, they're very interested in kind of teaching you technique and, and strategy. But really, whether or not you're successful truly has so much to do with kind of what's going on in your mind. In fact, I talked to many a professional pickleball player and they're, they say, 90% of the game is mental. And there's different things when people say that. Some players might have difficulty closing out matches and winning in really tight, stressful situations. So a sports psych might help an athlete with their confidence. They might help them if they've got some anxiety around performing that's hurting their performance. They might teach them just kind of ways to deal with that and not be so stressed. So it's something that if you're an elite athlete, you have to be very strong mentally to truly succeed. That's where people get the term the yips from. It's like that thing, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't figure it out. Is that something sports psychologists help out with? It, it can be. Actually, I've talked to a couple different people on the podcast because in pickleball, one of the interesting things is you only get one serve. And sometimes you can get the yips where basically you cannot get the ball in the box. And I'm talking about, sure, that happens to amateurs, but it, it also happens to pros. And I was talking to a couple different pros about what is it that you can do for the yips if you experience them, because it's akin to all of a sudden that professional NFL football kicker can no longer put the ball through the uprights and hit a 30 yard field goal, or that catcher cannot actually throw it back to the pitcher, that MLB catcher. If, if you do get the yips, one thing to that you can try is to do something totally different. And actually I've had the yips on, in serving and pickleball. So rather than doing a normal forehand serve, I completely changed and now I serve with my backhand. So that's actually one way to help overcome the yips is just to do something totally different. If you're a basketball player and you typically, most basketball players have one method of shooting, but I think back to Rick Barry, if anybody remembers him back in the day, Hall of Fame basketball player who used to shoot free throws underhanded. So if you're having problems making your free throws and you have the yips, then you might try underhanded. Now, is it also sometimes going over different rituals uh, and superstitions and things like uh, maybe that free throw shooter has to bounce it three times and that helps him focus and settle in. So every single shot, three bounces. Then do you also talk about routine like that too, or is it more just breaking those mental barriers? No, absolutely. I, I think all of the top athletes definitely have rituals, a little bit. you know, and not necessarily just rituals when you're shooting free throws or in pickleball when you're getting ready to serve. But a lot of players have rituals when it comes to the preparation. They might eat exactly the same meal before they compete. They prefer to stay in a particular hotel. Yeah. 
Now, there is one book I remember my college professor recommending. Uh, it's called The Inner Game of Tennis by Timothy Gall. Are you familiar with that text? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. I guess that's sports psychology. I just never thought about it that way. And what was really cool is it was adaptable to anything. So they wrote The Inner Game of Music, but it was based on The Inner Game of Tennis. And all the pedagogy, to, regardless of the area of, of practice, it all carried over. Um, and one of the things I thought was really cool um, in that book was you can explain somebody pedagogy for hours and hours until you're blue in the face. But if you just show them 10 times and they watch 10 times, they get it a, a lot easier. And so I think visualization is a big part. And I remember as a drum corps before doing big performances, they'd have the entire core do these visualizations and things like that, splattering random information. But is all that kind of in the realm of sports psychology? Absolutely. I think that is one of the best, best books any athlete can read. It's something that covers all aspects of sports psychology. And there's so many things in there that are practical and concrete, and they, they can make a difference in an athlete's game the next day. Yeah, I highly recommend that book. And especially, I think, inner game of tennis, there's so many similarities to pickleball. So that is a perfect read for pickleball players, too. Very cool. Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook, read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching, one-on-one -on -one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. Not too long ago, Brandon, you did an episode about picking up an ultimate Frisbee league and how it's great for a couple reasons to join a league or to start playing something like a pickleball. But one of the things that people often overlook is the sense of community and what it does for your mental health and especially in the pandemic. Do you think a lot of people picked up pickleball during the pandemic? Is it a pandemic okay sport? I mean, you're six feet apart, right? Uh, yeah, actually, that's such a great point. In fact, I think it was a New York Post who called pickleball the perfect pandemic sport. <laughs> that's, and a lot of, <laughs> that's a tongue twister right there. The perfect playable pandemic pickleball. Okay. <laughs> pickleball. Perfect pickle. Because you do have some distance between you typically when you're playing. You can also play singles where you would have distance. And the great thing, too, is that Pickleball is pretty inexpensive to get into. You can get a couple balls, two to four paddles for $50. That's definitely at the low end. But a lot of people went and bought, you could not get a pickleball net to save your life during the pandemic because everybody bought them because you can set it up in your driveway. You can set it up in your street if it's not too busy. Be careful with that, though. And it's something that uh, you didn't necessarily have to have uh, courts nearby and you didn't certainly need to go inside to, to play it. Except for, I think right now today, uh, Connecticut got a foot of snow. But anyways, I'm in California, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like adult Foursquare, I guess. I used to play a lot of Foursquare in church camps and stuff. To get back to that idea of community, you mentioned how it's bridging the gap between young and old. So it has that kind of multi-generational player appeal, right? Now, is it like there's leagues or do the multi-generations play each other? How does that translate? Actually, both, interestingly enough. I, I was talking to somebody on the 
podcast who was not a professional, but a very high level amateur player. And he's in his 70s. And I said, how do you do in that division when you're playing against all ages? And he says, when when I start and I play a tournament, I can definitely keep up and I I will beat many of the young people, whether they're 20 or, or 30 or what have you, even though he's 70. And he says, where I start having a little difficulty is once I move later into the possibly getting to the semifinals or the finals, then that starts to to wear on you. Just being older, you just don't have quite that much stamina, but certainly you've got the the skills and the technique. That's another reason why people of all ages can, can play together. It's really amazing. There are so many tournaments throughout the country, but if you're not necessarily into tournaments, which is something I am not either, there are many leagues now that you, you can choose from. So a lot of times they'll be at your local club. How do you get started? What's the best way to get into the sport? It's really pretty easy. If you feel comfortable, you can, uh, actually you can even go to Pickleball Fire, type in your, your zip code or your address, and you can look for courts near you. So if you're comfortable just showing up, you can do that. But I also, on the website, list uh, instructors and clinics. So if you prefer to get some instruction from a certified instructor, you can do that too. But honestly, you don't really need that. You can either look at it on YouTube and there's lots of videos out there showing you the rules or just show up at some courts and uh, typically there is drop-in play and uh, people are happy to teach you the game. Now, this is a pretty crazy story. fact, but apparently it's true. The fastest growing sport in the USA is pickleball. Why why do you think that is? (laughs) Yeah, I think there's so many aspects to it. We've talked about a couple of them already. It is very easy to learn. People who play the game are very approachable and welcoming. I I think certainly for people who are older and and maybe retired and, and not working, it's a great social outlet too. But I think that there's the people definitely make the game great. I hope it continues to be so inclusive as it is now. In fact, I can give you a story. I was, like I said, I'm visiting California right now and uh, I went to Ventura and uh, they had some pickleball courts there. I forget what the name of the park was, but I just showed up. I knew they had drop-in play at a particular time. I just showed up. In fact, it's been one of my favorite experiences because the people were just so welcoming and for whatever reason, everybody wanted to play with me. And the level of competition was actually very, it was very nice. It was a really quite an experienced group. To be able to feel comfortable just to show up and play a couple of times with a bunch of people you don't know and feel so, so welcomed. It's just amazing. And that in general is how the sport. So far, the benefits of pickleball are the social aspect, the multi-generational aspect. It's going to get you moving, so it's an exercise. Good mental clarity, because when you're playing pickleball, you're not thinking about anything else except pickleball. What are the other benefits that you would add to that? One we talked about a little bit is that it's not as hard on your body as some other sports. I've got um, a really good friend, my best friend, who was playing tennis, playing tennis. I went to go visit, took her to the pickleball courts, And uh, we played a couple times and now she's pretty much given up the game of tennis because tennis is so much harder on your body. The the court is bigger and honestly, it's probably not quite as fun because even if you're a fairly decent player, you're still just chasing the ball a lot. 
and it's a big court, so it's a long way to go in finding the ball. But yeah, pickleball, it's just not as hard on your body. And that's so key because even young people get injured. So it's a great sport to to try, especially if you're having difficulty, if you're a little bit older too. Now, uh, one of the premises of our show is also transformation. Is there any particular area of your life where you experienced some some sort of transformation or is there anything that made you decide to dedicate your life to sports? Interestingly enough, as a child, and you have to realize I'm 58. So back 55 years ago, I had a congenital heart defect. I was born with it, obviously. And back then they had just started doing open heart surgery on children. And what they had said was that if you don't get the surgery done, I would be dead by like age 12 or something like that. I had the surgery at three and everything went well. And the funny thing was, is that my parents, because of that, and it was so new with kids, they did not want me to participate in sports. But for whatever reason, I was just always attracted to anything that had to do a ball, basketball, football, whatever it was. And so I think when my parents finally, of course, because it was something that they didn't want me to do, I pestered them to death. And finally, in junior high, they let me play organized sports. And I think because of growing up, really not being able to be as athletic as I would like, that was a real turning point in my life. Pretty much from then on, everything I was doing was really sports related. Because of course, I played sports in high school. I was a sports editor for the newspaper. And then I, when I went into journalism more professionally, I wrote sports for newspapers, wrote sports for uh, national magazines. So it's definitely always been a thread for me. Do you ever play on bar trivia teams and just crush the sports uh, category? <laughs> uh, I'm not as good at trivia as I would like to be, but if there are any sports questions that come up, pe- yeah, people definitely look to me to answer. That's one of my favorite things before I found Ultimate Frisbee was bar trivia. <laughs> yeah, sports is my weak category in yeah, bar trivia. Terrible at it. But I'm fantastic at remembering very esoteric small details from a lot of stuff. So I'm pretty okay <laughs> at bar trivia. And the team names are fantastic, like Tequila <laughs> Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, we need to start a fire within bar trivia thing. Is that going against the fire within nutrition and fitness a little bit? 80-20, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. So if somebody wanted to make a life change, get into sports, get healthy, or even pickleball related. The, one of the last questions we always ask our guests are, what are the top three things that you would suggest to them? The first one is just do it. Just to get up off the couch. So that's an easy one. And I would say if you are interested, check with your friends because there's the game is just exploding. It really is on fire. There may be easy opportunities for you to get started and people to teach you. And if not, just buy a paddle, watch some videos and get up off that couch. And the thing too is, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, people truly do become addicted to the sport. Now, addiction in sport isn't always a positive thing, but generally in pickleball, it is a very positive thing. So I would imagine that if anybody listening to your show is willing to take that chance to go start to play pickleball... I bet they will be playing pickleball many times after that because it is very addictive. I know what you mean about when it's not a good thing. I was addicted to running and uh, ran through countless injuries 
Uh, now have ipsilateral hip, hip tilt and degeneration in my lumbar and ended up having knee surgery and on. But you get to avoid most of that with pickleball, it sounds like. Very true. It's easier on your body, certainly, than running. Awesome. Now, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, can you share some links, contact information so they can find out more? Yes, absolutely. Feel free to email me. My email is lynn, L-Y-N-N, at pickleballfire.com. And then if you want to check out the website, that is also pickleballfire.com. If uh, you're interested in checking out the podcast, just put a forward slash podcast. Magazine is forward slash magazine. If you're looking for courts or instructors, it's just forward slash courts, forward slash instructors. So it makes it easy. Awesome. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. And those of you listening, if you enjoyed what you heard today, if you found value in this episode or any epi other episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple. It helps people find the show and we'll read your review live on the show. It'll be fun. So thanks for joining us, Lynn. It was great to be on. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, Go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.